Thanks to the wonderful folks at Anchor.fm. Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from past audiobooks and other spoken word projects. You writers may also be given the chance to have your newly written material, fiction or nonfiction, read to an audience. This show will get the words out. And now, here's the host of Tom Reads Your Story, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. As always, thank you, Mr. Announcer, for that lovely introduction. Welcome, voice actors, writers of all kinds, and audiobook listeners. We are celebrating the spoken word, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. Today, in the studio, a live exclusive interview with The Beatles. I'll be right back after this. Which came first, Kraft Real Mayonnaise or the egg? The egg, of course, because Kraft couldn't make real mayonnaise without it. Whole eggs and extra egg yolks well-beaten for smoothness, lightness, and flavor. That's real mayonnaise, the way Kraft makes it. You've got to break some eggs to make a real mayonnaise. And at Kraft, we do. Okay, uh, I just got an email from my producer, and I'll... I'll just read what it says. Tom, you idiot. Two Beatles are dead. The other two we could never contact. You should be fired. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. This was an honest mistake. It was because I, I really wanted to talk to them about a song that I always enjoyed listening to. Uh, it was it was the first song of theirs that I would listen to as a kid. Either you know, either the forty five. We either had the forty five, or or I heard it on the radio on AM radio. And that song was Eleanor Rigby. With Eleanor Rigby, it was the name that I was looking for. It was at the piano. I started off doing that one. I started off, I think, on an E minor chord, just vamping, doom, 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 like the record starts out. And then while I was doing that, I got this da 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 that goes against the E minor chord. And as I was doing that tune, there were these words, uh, picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been. That, those are the words that arrived. Then the rest of it was work to try and explain what those words were. And so I knew it was going to be a lonely old lady type song. There's a lot of imagery. Keeps her face in a jar by the door, you know, someone going around churches and the, and the vicar and all of that. There was, there was a lot of stories suggested by that. But I didn't have a name. And uh, I happened to be in Bristol at one time. And I had some time to kill and I was walking around Bristol on my own. And I saw a shop, Rigby's. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's that's it. Names are very special in songs, you know. If you try and put a really made-up name in a song, it often sounds just daft. It just doesn't sound like a real person. Although there probably is a person with that name, but there's something funny, I don't know what it is. So you search sometimes high and low for just the right name. And Rigby was, was the surname I wanted, so that really got me going. 
And then Eleanor, we'd been working on help with Eleanor Bron, and I, I, I like that name, Eleanor. So Eleanor Rigby then just went together, and it just sounded really like a person who could be this, this old lady who picked up the rice in the church. I needed the vicar's name, and we wanted Mac something, Mac, so we got the phone book out and looked for all the Macs, and Cos came across McCartney, and John said, yeah, 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 Father McCartney, wiping his hands as he walks from the grave. And I said, oh, no, no, I can't do that, you know, because it'll be like my dad. Everyone would be saying, is that your dad, Father McCartney, or is he a vicar, your dad, or something? I said, no, I can't handle that. So we just went a little bit further down the thing and found Mackenzie, and that seemed to work better, you know, Father Mackenzie, that works. And that, of course, was Paul in a rare interview that we were able to find on YouTube. And I hope you like that. What I'm going to play for you today are two different pieces. One from Wikipedia, which we do listen to a lot on the show. And also from a blog I stumbled on called The Culture Club. And the first. Uh, of course, will be from Wikipedia, and that's that's mainly facts about the song, and possibly some other unknown things that uh, you may find interesting. I I listened to that as I don't know, maybe an eight year old, and I would I would think, gosh, that's you know that's not the usual Beatles song at all. It's it was sad, and it affected me emotionally, even as a young boy. I just felt so bad and f- felt so sorry for this woman. And a little bit later on, I want to talk about something that was written in the Culture Club blog that I did never that never entered my mind. I'll talk about that later. First, from Wikipedia. From Wikipedia, Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby is a song by the English rock band The Beatles, released on their 1966 album Revolver as a single with Yellow Submarine. It was written primarily by Paul McCartney and credited to Lennon and McCartney. The song continued the transformation of The Beatles from a mainly rock and roll and pop-oriented act to a more experimental, studio-based band with a double-string quartet arrangement by George Martin. And striking lyrics about loneliness, Eleanor Rigby broke sharply with popular music conventions, both musically and lyrically. Richie Unterberger of All Music cites the band's singing about the neglected concerns and fates of the elderly on the song as just one example of why the Beatles' appeal reached so far beyond the traditional rock audience. Paul McCartney came up with the melody of Eleanor Rigby as he experimented on his piano. However, the original name of the protagonist that he chose was not Eleanor Rigby, but Miss Daisy Hawkins. The singer-composer Donovan reported that he heard McCartney play it to him before it was finished, with completely different lyrics. In 1966, McCartney recalled how he got the idea for his song. I was sitting at the piano when I thought of it. The first few bars just came to me, and I got this name in my head. Daisy Hawkins picks up the rice in the church. I don't know why. I couldn't think of much more, so I put it away for a day. Then the name Father McCartney came to me, and all the lonely people. But I thought that people would think it was supposed to be about my dad sitting knitting his socks. Dad's a happy lad. So I went through the telephone book, and I got the name Mackenzie. 
Others have posted that Father Mackenzie refers to Father Tommy Mackenzie, who was the compere at Northwich Memorial Hall. McCartney said he came up with the name Eleanor from actress Eleanor Braun, who had starred with the Beatles in the film Help. Rigby came from the name of a store in Bristol, Rigby and Evans Limited, Wine and Spirit Shippers, which he noticed while seeing his girlfriend of the time, Jane Asher, act in The Happiest Days of Your Life. He recalled in 1984, I just liked the name. I was looking for a name that sounded natural. Eleanor Rigby sounded natural. It was one of several songs in this period which evoked a past era by using female-given names, which have since become very popular again, but which were rarely given among baby boomers, the main pop audience at the time. Others include See Emily Play by Pink Floyd, where the then-rare name evoked a sense of Victoriana, and Pictures of Lily by The Who, which specifically refers to Lily Langtree. McCartney wrote the first verse by himself, and the Beatles finished the song in the music room of John Lennon's home at Kenwood. John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, and Lennon's childhood friend, Pete Shotton, all listened to McCartney play his song through and contributed ideas. Harrison came up with the Ah, Look at All the Lonely People hook. Starr contributed the line, Writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear, and suggested making Father McCartney darn his socks, which McCartney liked. It was then that Shotton suggested that McCartney change the name of the priest, in case listeners mistook the fictional character in the song for McCartney's own father. The song is often described as a lament for lonely people, or a commentary on post-war life in Britain. McCartney could not decide how to end the song, and Shotton finally suggested that the two lonely people come together too late as Father Mackenzie conducts Eleanor Rigby's funeral. At the time, Lennon rejected the idea out of hand, but McCartney said nothing and used the idea to finish off the song, later acknowledging Shotton's help. Lennon was quoted in 1971 as having said that he wrote a good half of the lyrics or more, and in 1980 claimed that he wrote all but the first verse, but Shotton remembered Lennon's contribution as being absolutely nil. McCartney said that John helped me on a few words, but I'd put it down, 80 to 20 to me, something like that. The song is a prominent example of mode mixture, specifically between the Aeolian mode, also known as natural minor, and the Dorian mode. In the 1980s, a grave of an Eleanor Rigby was discovered in the graveyard of St. Peter's Parish Church in Woolton, Liverpool, and a few yards, a few meters, away from that, another tombstone with the last name Mackenzie scrawled across it. During their teenage years, McCartney and Lennon spent time sunbathing there, within earshot of where the two had first met during a fete in 1957. Years later, McCartney said that the coincidence could be a product of his subconscious. In 2008, however, when a birth certificate was sold at auction of a woman named Eleanor Rigby, McCartney restated publicly, Eleanor Rigby is a totally fictitious character that I made up. If someone wants to spend money buying a document to prove a fictitious character exists, that's fine with me. An actual Eleanor Rigby was born on 29 August 1895 and lived in Liverpool, possibly in the suburb of Woolton, 
where she married a man named Thomas Woods on Boxing Day, 1930. She died on 10 October 1939 of a brain hemorrhage at the age of 44 and was buried three days later. Her tombstone has become a landmark to Beatles fans visiting Liverpool. A digitized version was added to the 1995 music video for the Beatles reunion song Free as a Bird. In June 1990, McCartney donated to Sunbeam's Music Trust, a document dating from 1911, which had been signed by the 16-year-old Eleanor Rigby. This instantly attracted significant international interest from collectors because of the coincidental significance and provenance of the document. The nearly 100-year-old document was sold at auction in November 2008 for £115,000. The Daily Telegraph reported that the uncovered document is a 97-year-old salary register from Liverpool City Hospital. The name E. Rigby is printed on the register, and she is identified as a scullery maid. She also did many things for the Liverpool City Hospital. Eleanor Rigby was important in the Beatles' evolution from a pop, live performance band to a more experimental studio orientation band, though the track contains little studio trickery. In a 1967 interview, Pete Townsend of The Who commented, I think Eleanor Rigby was a very important musical move forward. It certainly inspired me to write and listen to things in that vein. Though Eleanor Rigby was far from the first pop song to deal with death and loneliness, according to Ian MacDonald, it came as quite a shock to pop listeners in 1966. It took a bleak message of depression and desolation, written by a famous pop band with a somber, almost funeral-like backing, to the number one spot of the pop charts. The bleak lyrics were not the Beatles' first deviation from love songs, but were some of the most explicit. In some reference books on classical music, Eleanor Rigby is included and considered comparable to art songs. Classical and theatrical composer Howard Goodall said that the Beatles' works are a stunning roll call of sublime melodies that perhaps only Mozart can match in European musical history, and that they almost single-handedly rescued the Western musical system from the plague years of the avant-garde. About Eleanor Rigby, he said it is an urban version of a tragic ballad in the Dorian mode. Celebrated songwriter Jerry Lieber said, The Beatles are second to none in all departments. I don't think there has ever been a better song written than Eleanor Rigby. Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees once said that their 1969 song, Melody Fair, was influenced by Eleanor Rigby. America's single, Lonely People, was written by Dan Peake in 1973 as an optimistic response to Eleanor Rigby. In 2004, this song was ranked number 138 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. up the rice in the church where a wedding has been lives in a dream waits at the window wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door who is it for all the lonely people where do they all come from all the lonely people where do they all belong 
Mother Mackenzie Writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear No one comes near Look at him working Donning his socks in the night when there's nobody there What does he care? All the lonely people Where do they all come from? All the lonely people Where do they all belong? Oh, such a great song. The Beatles were so far ahead of their time, you know, adding these strings. Um, obviously, I mean, there was George Martin's influence, George Martin being uh, a producer of classical music albums. Uh, but, you know, they also did this, uh, they added Flugelhorn to Penny Lane, which is another one of my favorite songs. Next up, what I'm going to be playing is uh, a piece from the Culture Club blog, something I stumbled on on the internet. Uh, and this is, it's, it's a little bit more about the Revolver album, which is from, which is where uh, Rigby uh, first showed up. Um, it does say something about uh, the the narrative being, you know, we have, uh, the lonely person, Eleanor Rigby, and we also have the other lonely person, uh, the priest, Father Mackenzie, and how it's it's just too bad that they never get together and start dating. And that's that's something that never entered my mind, either today or when I was a kid listening to the record. Uh, a, a young Catholic boy in suburban Grand Rapids, Michigan, listening to uh, how a lonely old woman started dating a priest. <laughs> Just never, never went into my mind ever. But I still like this uh, piece from the Culture Club blog. Listen to it. Analysis. Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. By Tim Tucker. The Culture Club blog. 2009. Eleanor Rigby is perhaps the Beatles' most shocking song. Not simply because of the sound of it, which was an abrupt departure for its time, but because of its theme. It is hard to think of a more desolate statement in any work of art, let alone popular music. This song marked a sudden break in the optimism that was a hallmark of the Beatles' earlier work, and in its place presented an almost unbearably dark cynicism. Two lonely people living in a church community cannot find a way to connect and end up living their entire lives alone and apart. Their destiny is not that they will end up together, but that one buries the other, a grim irony that would be humorous if it weren't tragic. The poet Ezra Pound is said to have smiled lightly when he first heard the song. But the song suggests even greater despair. We learn that Eleanor dies in church, which ought to be a comfort and was buried along with her name. Even Hodge, in Thomas Hardy's war poem, Drummer Hodge, leaves his name behind. In Eleanor Rigby's death, we see the death of hope itself, as Ian MacDonald says in Revolution in the Head. Mackenzie's sermon won't be heard, not that he cares very much about his parishioners, because religious faith 
has perished along with communal spirit. No one was saved. The novelist A.S. Byatt remarked that it has the minimalist perfection of a Beckett story, pointing out that had Eleanor Rigby's face been kept in a jar by the mirror, it would suggest the less disturbing idea of makeup. But behind the door, inside her house, it suggests she is faceless, is nothing. The song avoids sentimentality by keeping a distance from its subject throughout. The action is presented like a film script, look at him working, and uses various tenses to imply shifts in perspective. Eleanor Rigby died in the church, past tense, while in the same scene Father Mackenzie is wiping the dirt from his hands, present tense. Positioned as the second song on Revolver, Eleanor Rigby casts a shadow over the whole album. We already have a hint of death in the opening track, Taxman, my advice for those who die. But here we have an all-encompassing despair, as Jonathan Gould says in his book, Can't Buy Me Love. The questions the song poses aren't rhetorical. They're unanswerable. They're the sort of questions people ask when they don't know what else to say. And by raising them as he does, Paul calls attention to the inadequacy of his own response. Nevertheless, we can see the rest of the Revolver album as an attempt to present an answer to the issues raised in the song Eleanor Rigby. Whether it's a turning away from old age and a return to childhood, in Yellow Submarine and the When I Was a Boy, Everything Was Right section of She Said, She Said, or the escape into the unconscious of I'm Only Sleeping, or the drugs peddled by Dr. Robert, or the urgent embrace of sexual love in Love You Too, Love Me While You Can Before I'm a Dead Old Man, or the attempt to reach a more spiritual, omnipotent love in Here, There, and Everywhere, which starts with the line To Lead a Better Life. Meanwhile, other songs on the album serve to remind us of Eleanor Rigby's bleak message, the desperate emptiness presented by the death of love in For No One and the difficulty of communication that prevents attachment in I Want to Tell You. It is not until the album's extraordinary climax, Tomorrow Never Knows, that we finally get an answer, one that transcends the failure of the Christian church in Eleanor Rigby by reasserting a progressive belief in universal love. Eleanor Rigby can be heard on Revolver by the Beatles. And I hope you enjoyed that article about a great song, Eleanor Rigby. Before I close today, I just want to thank you all for, for listening. And uh, well, since we started, I found out in the past several weeks that we now have listeners in not only the U.S., but also Canada, Germany, France, and Ireland. So <laughs> this has turned out better than I thought. I appreciate your support very much. So that should do it for this episode. If you enjoyed today's show, please tell your friends and have them tell their friends. Be sure to email me at tomreadyourstory at yahoo.com to send in your book, article, or poetry for me to perform, or if you have questions or comments about the show. As always, thanks to anchor.fm 
for the chance to have an ongoing podcast. I very much appreciate it. Hope you and your friends come back soon. Have a great day. Stay safe and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.